With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from Sydney, Australia. Exclusively on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio, this is Wrestling's Week That Was. Here is your host, Joel the Man O'Brien. Don't you hate it when you do an hour, a little bit over an hour of talking about all the major news and angles and matches of the week, and then you air the show and you click the the, the, the M record button and you look down at your mic and you realise your mic is on mute. This is why the show is starting an hour, an hour and a half after it's meant to be its scheduled starting time, guys. So, because we did, we've already done this show. But we're going to do it again, because we've got Oliver Norgrove, he's going to be coming up, he's going to be joining us momentarily. Uh, let's just do it all as we usually do. Actually, we've got Oliver on the line right here, right now. How Oliver, are you? can you hear me? Yeah, I can. How are you? Oh, there you go. I'm pretty good. Pretty good for the for uh, Wrestling's Week That Was Part 2. At least we can all hear you this time. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I still only thought when you called before, when we were doing our, our previous recording, I thought that because you were struggling to to get on the show, you, your audio quality might have been bad and you couldn't hear me. I didn't think it had anything yep. to do with me, but it had everything to do with me. So apologies for keeping you up so late. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right, actually. I'm not tired, so don't worry about the lateness. And uh, more importantly, though, I'd like to uh, you know, welcome everybody to a very special uh, Clash of the Accents edition to uh, <laughs> Wrestling's Week That Was. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. We've got we've got a different uh, different feel to uh, this show than all the other ones. So, yeah. but yeah, we're, we're, we're got a ton to cover today. As always, I have no earthly idea how we're going to fit it all into a small show like this one, but we're going to definitely try. We've got a brand new WWE World Heavyweight Champion in Brock Lesnar coming out of a very memorable SummerSlam from last Sunday night, so we'll be uh, definitely touching base with that. Uh, Hulk Hogan wants to wrestle again, and he wants his, he wants his WrestleMania match with Cena. So we'll definitely get into that issue as well. Uh, Alberto Durrier and Rey Mysterio are making waves at the, uh, at the uh, AAA, AAA promotion uh, in Mexico. What does this mean? if anything, for WWE's business. As always, we'll be talking Raw, Main Event, NXT, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, and so much more, as we always do every single second Saturday. But uh, before we delve into this week's hot topics, remember, remember we are live. If there's anyone else still out there listening to us live, uh, we are going live, so that means you can interact with the show at any time by calling uh, 760-888-5749. 
or tweeting me directly at Wrestling Outbreak, and I will read and discuss your tweets live on the PWP Airways. How was your week, Oliver? Was it a good week, or was it uh, a stressful uh, week? No, no, not stressful at all. I mean, it's the uh, the summer, so uh, break before going back to uni, so uh, nothing much okay. to do. Uh, uh, as you said, a lot of wrestling this week, so it's been a positive week, so obviously that's good for yeah. the show. There's a lot to get into, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the good thing is, like, I think your keyword was it's been a positive week for pro wrestling. I think that a lot of people oh, are getting yeah. uh, caught up on a, on, a, on a few issues that... Uh, didn't really need to get it caught up on, and uh, let's just, let's just kick it off straight away. Let's get into the top news of the week. I mean, Brock oh, yeah. Lesnar is now officially our new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. If you've been living under a rock for the last week, um, huge mixed reaction to the match itself oh, yeah. and to the outcome. Um, what, do you, what, what, what do you think about this huge mi- mixture of social media reaction that's been going on? Honestly, um, it, it's shocked me because I think somewhere along the way, especially over the uh, over the past week, uh, wrestling fans have seemed to uh, they seem to have forgotten how how stories are told in wrestling. They seem to have yes. lost the uh, this whole concept. And uh, I think people have uh, what's been frustrating for me is people have been fixating on uh, the the type of match we saw at SummerSlam. A very yeah. one-sided, not, not the sort of match you see often. And uh, I know Absolutely. me and you we've discussed this a lot, and we both. We, we we were both pleased with the main event. I, I think uh, I think it was one of the most enjoyable main events in, you know I've watched in, in recent years. So it was something uh, I, different. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely consider it to be one of the greatest world championship matches of all time, purely on the fact that it's just so unique. We've never seen anything like what we saw. We've never seen anyone like John Cena with his lineage, with his ten years of being on top, with him fifteen world heavyweight championships under his belt. We've never seen a, a world champion of his caliber be treated like that. Exactly, yeah. and uh, different. Different is always good in wrestling, and uh, when it's on a when it's on a, such a huge stage, like uh, going back to WrestleMania 30, we had the ending of the streak. It was such a different. It was on such a huge stage, and you had such a you know different atmosphere, a different almost different vibe coming from the match. And different is always good in wrestling for me, and that's why what to me that's what made SummerSlam a success, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. The only the only downside about the, the the Undertaker thing that I have to disagree with is the fact that we saw the Undertaker streak end in such like like sure it was shock value was a plenty. No one expected it, but the lead up and the build up to that was just it, it, it pales into comparison to what we saw the build up to the SummerSlam match that happened last Sunday. I think because mm-hmm. you felt that this this match was big, you felt that, that, that something big was going to happen, and with the Taker match, I think it was, it was very the, the story was very much lost and was very much just like your, your typical story. But um, but, mo- but moving on to the the, the 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 next biggest news of the week, Cena versus Brock Part Two is going to be happening a month from Sunday yep. at Night of Champions. So. Do you think it's a bit too soon that we're going to be getting this match straight away? Do you think that that uh, that it's good that we're going to be getting Cena out of the way for new for new uh, competitors, or what's your take think, on uh, the Night of Champions? I actually I actually think it's a little too soon. Uh, the reason why I say that is because uh, the the match at SummerSlam was so was so surprising in in terms of in terms of uh, the, the the balance between each 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 wrestler, and uh, mm. obviously Brock Lesnar came out with you know almost seemingly an easy win. It was an easy win for Brock, and uh, to be honest, I think in storyline you're looking at you look you look at John Cena and you almost think he needs he needs time to recover from this. He needs time to come back, and uh, to yep. me, um, while I'm not against 
seeing it at night champions because I'll I'll be watching it and it'll be it'll be, it'll be another good match. Um, I think it's a little soon, but that's not necessary to say that it won't be good, you know. But I I definitely think it's quite soon for me. Let, let me just throw out an idea to you because like uh, uh, as we'll get into the main event quickie review that we'll be doing later on. Uh, Triple H announced on a main event. Triple H announced a main event that John Cena is invoking his rematch. Now, obviously, we have to wait till Raw to see to see John Cena's uh, live in-person reaction to this match. But is it possible that the authority kind of went uh, went above and beyond and booked the match without Cena knowing, kind of rushing him back to the match to kind of like take advantage of a weakened John Cena? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. If you in storyline, that that does make sense because you know the the angle at the moment, the whole angle with the authority is they don't want John Cena champion. So any way that they yeah. can kind of uh, weaken him and, and make him, you know, put him in a, in a vulnerable position, uh, they will they will definitely try that. And I think that's what very, that's what's happening here. Very quickly, very early prediction. What's your prediction for the match? Uh, my prediction for the match. Uh, like, like, how's it going to go? It's going to be just like, uh, you know, Extreme Rules 2012, or are we going to see another SummerSlam? Oh, no, I don't think we're going to see another SummerSlam. I don't think WWE will do that to Cena. Um, I do think, I think Brock will retain, and I think it will be a very more, you know, a very much more uh, uh, even, even-sided even match. I think you're going to get much more competition, a little more suspense, and uh, I think, but I think Brock will come out with the win, because I think, I see him keeping the title for a little longer. What about you? I, I, I've, I've just got this feeling in the back of my head that maybe, maybe they might do what they do again in SummerSlam. But what a story to tell if if John Cena goes into two main event big profile matches and gets destroyed mm-hmm. twice. What like yeah. the, like the the, the, the the room for telling interesting new stories is huge in regards to John Cena if he goes through that again. I'm not mm-hmm. saying another. I'm not saying the heel turn. Uh, philosophy idea that everyone beats home all over the internet. I'm not talking about him turning heel. I'm just talking about a, a different way of telling John Cena's story because you know he's been on top for ten years. Exactly, and I think the thing one of the one of the uh, one of the gripes that fans have with him is uh, you know his 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 ability to to you know fight against the odds and come back and and these odds really to him at the moment they they do seem in, you know incredible to to come back from which is why I'm hoping we don't get another oh John Cena John Cena fights back and you know overcomes the odds type story I don't think we're going to get that I really hope we don't get that at night champions um, so I definitely I see I see what you mean I see what you mean about uh, John Cena being destroyed on two two straight pay per views I think that's a possibility definitely um, but either way I think I think do we I think we both agree that Brock Lesnar will will retain at Night Champions do we not Absolutely yeah but I, I think the uh, it's 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 a given I think WWE, WWE has shown over the last uh, three or four months especially with their key storylines that they they're not they're not idiots. They, they 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 know when to put put you know add fuel to the fire and pull back and like a, a good example is Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins which we'll be getting into very very soon but yeah Brock is going to retain they're not, they're they're not idiots they're they're looking forward to the future SummerSlam was a pure good example of them looking to the future setting up Brock nicely so we will see oh, yeah. what happens at Night of Champions um, so let's move on to other news so we've got, we've got a ton to get into. Um, Hulk Hogan has gone on record this week and says that he's super keen on getting back in the ring. He really, really wants that that last WrestleMania match. And apparently mm-hmm. he wants it against John Cena. Now, Aaron, Aaron Ramadoff's got a good article up on ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com. Pro 
uh, talking about why Hulk Hogan shouldn't wrestle, and I'm definitely in in the uh, in the camp of Hogan never ever ever stepping in foot in foot in in a wrestling ring again. Definitely, definitely, because uh, over the years he's he's been beaten and broken down so many times. His body his body surely can't take another high profile match. I mean, I know it's, people will say, okay, well it's only one match, surely he'd be okay. I mean, it's not even like that. Because uh, if you if you look if you look at the injuries, especially to his spine, the injuries he's had, he, you know that's that that's a, that's a lot of punishment he's taken, and uh, I don't want to see uh, I don't I definitely don't want to see him get into the ring again. And Aaron's article was really good. I definitely agree with him. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will want to see him get back into the ring. And uh, also um, interesting this week. Um, I actually, I'm sorry, last week, I actually made a prediction that for, for WrestleMania 31, we are going to see Hulk Hogan versus John Cena. I, I just have this strange feeling in the back of my mind that that's, that's what we're going to see. I hope it, I hope I'm wrong. Do you, do you think I'd be wrong? I, uh, well, I have to go with, I think you're wrong. I hope that you, as in like, I, I hope that they, we don't see Hogan and, and Cena. It's just, it, yeah. how, would you play, how would you play that out? Who, what does that mean? You're going to, we're going to see John Cena as a heel. I mean, I don't know. I st- and plus the match itself. That means that we're going to have to see Hulk Hogan take an, uh, an attitude adjustment. We have to see him go into oh, the yeah. STF. Like, I, the, the I, I don't think, yeah, let's go. Um, I, sorry, the, the thing about this match is, uh, Hulk Hogan versus John Cena doesn't appeal to anybody, and if you think about it, it's true because you have you have the kids who like Cena, the same kids who don't either don't know or don't care about Hulk Hogan, uh, and you have you know your diehard Hulk Hogan fans who likely aren't going to be fans of John Cena because older, more classic hardcore wrestling fans will not like John Cena, and also yeah. you have you know fans in the middle who want to see you know great wrestling matches. Hulk Hogan is not going to give you a great wrestling match. John Cena is capable of giving you a great wrestling match. Hulk Hogan is not, and uh, for me, yeah. this is a uh, this is this is one of those this is one of those matches that will appeal to absolutely nobody. And uh, I, yeah, so definitely with regards to to Hogan returning, I hope he doesn't. But you know, with with Hulk Hogan's ego, you, you never you never know what he's thinking. To be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in other news, we've got uh, Rey Mysterio and, and Alberto Del Rio making appearances at uh, last Sunday's uh, uh, AAA Triple Mania. Uh, pay per view yeah. uh, in in uh, in Mexico. Uh, Del Rio was physically in the building and actually got involved in an angle. So it sounds like uh, Del Rio is actually uh, disregarding his 90 day no compete clause. Whereas Rey Mysterio did a video package. Um, I didn't I don't exactly know the content of the video package, but the fact that mm-hmm. he was actually on the show, and I'm pretty sure that he's actually still under contract with the with uh, WWE. Does this Hamper or dampen uh, WWE's business going forward? Uh, I don't. To be honest, I think WWE. Uh, to be honest with you, Rey Mysterio. Uh, what does what does he offer the WWE anymore? I really do question that. I don't think he offers anything. Uh, I mean, he he sold merchandise for years. He was a proven merchandise seller, definitely, with the masks, and uh, he was a great performer. No, nobody can question that. Um, but to, to be honest, nowadays, 2014. Uh, Rey Mysterio appearing, for tri- you know, appearing with AAA, uh, it slightly confuses me because obviously his contract situation is still very much up in the air, and uh, you, don't, you know, nobody, at this point nobody really knows what's what's going on with, with his uh, contract and his situation. Um, I, I don't think WWE will be massively affected by it. I really don't. 
No, no I, I don't think so either. I mean, like Mysterio's just been off television for so long that, uh, uh, and unfortunately, he's got a he's got a wrestling style to maintain, and that style is very hard to do when you've had six knee surgeries and and gone through the pain and tor- torment that his body's gone through over the last few years. But in regards to Del Rio, I think uh, Del Rio is making the best decision to forego his 90-day non-compete because you're able to do that. It just means that for those 90 days, you are not insured with the money that the money or the money uh, the, the the payout package that you were you know, you know, contractually obligated yeah. to take. So, but I think it's the smartest thing for Daryl to do to stay relevant because he's hot. He's a hot topic at the moment. So yeah, um, you had some information about Daniel Bryan, the Daniel Bryan injury as of late. What's uh, yeah. been going on with that? Daniel Bryan. Um, so it was reported uh, about four days ago now. That uh, Daniel Bryan needs an extra surgery in his elbow, and uh, basically the surgery uh, required is supposed to be uh, fixing a nerve problem he has in the, in the elbow. It runs up and down his left arm, and uh, it was actually it was actually ruptured. Uh, you remember he had a, a match with Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, he had a match with Randy Orton uh, last year on Raw, and the match was cut yes. short. When he had a sting. Yes. That was actually the yes. initial cause of this injury, and he's actually been carrying it for over a year now. And uh, the the surgery required will will it's supposedly going to be sidelining him for an extra three or four months. So you never so honestly in terms of in terms of the timeline in terms of the schedule for his return we're looking at we're, we're looking at probably February March 2015 now maybe January late January because Brian with all of these problems is going on he's got little niggles here and there in his shoulder and his neck and top of his spine and now in his elbow. When you run all of these all of these injuries together, you know you're going to create problems for yourself. So rest and, and staying away is, is definitely the best thing for his health right now. Uh, whether it's the best I, thing for I, WWE it remains to be seen. I think the, I think the best thing for for WWE right now, not knowing his schedule, is to keep him somewhat relevant on television. Now, I mm-hmm. thought the Brie Bella Stephen McMahon match from uh, last Sunday was the perfect chance to get him on television. And like, like, sure, he'll be a big deal regardless. But like, like the timing's everything in wrestling. And like, he's 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 been dealt a really severe, terrible uh, time in his career. And I think the best the best thing for WWE to do, if they're not, if they're not idiots, is to maintain his uh, relevance in the company. Have him appear here and there every second pay per view. Just do updates, do videos, do vignettes. Because right now we've gone through a period of time where it's been Brie Bella. And I haven't really been seeing very much of Daniel Bryan. He's been talked about, you know, like, well, but, but like, I think there needs to be much more of a presence, uh, considering you don't know when he's going to be coming back to keep him relevant. Uh, yeah, I think. But just very quickly, on the flip side of that is that you have um, when once Daniel Bryan does return, uh, you have you know it's going to be very 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 surprising, you know, long awaited. Fans, if they haven't seen him in a long time, they're going to react very well to him. I understand what you're saying about him being relevant. Definitely, that's true. Uh, but obviously, there's a there's definitely a suspense, a, a positive in terms of the suspense with his with his return. If you don't keep publicising him, uh, and you know, and uh, Brie Bella's, I think Brie Bella's doing well on her own without him. She definitely, I know she's she's been utilising the the yes chance. So she's trying to, you know, she's trying to develop some kind of you know contact with with Brian, even if he's not there. Uh, so yep. definitely uh, uh, keeping him relevant is important, but I also I also would like him to on the, on, I would also like him to, to stay away for a little while as well, just so that when he comes back it'll, it'll be all the more you know important. Oh yeah, it, it would definitely be not like a non-in-ring involvement. I'm talking promos, I'm talking hype ups, 
issues that could could eventuate may not depends but they, you know just keep them relevant uh just very very quickly we're just going to rush through some of these other uh, very brief news uh if you know that tna has now moved to wednesday nights instead of thursday nights which is a yeah. uh which is a good sign for tna uh going into the end of 2014 because it has been revealed that spike and tna and uh, tna have uh decided to maintain their agreement until at least at uh, the end of 2014. So that's good for TNA because there was a, a big, huge month of worrying and, and not knowing what the, their future uh, may hold. Um, and it's, and yeah. it's good yeah. considering that t- television has been great for the last like month or so. So uh, it shows you what happens yeah. when Vince Russo has been taken out of the picture. <laughs> well, yeah, also, I mean, regardless of the uh, financial impact that the, that the deal will have, it also it also removes the you know the the, the cloud the, the dark cloud over TNA they you know they they now have some kind of clarity and they now know where where they're going for you know at least at least the next sort of seven months six five six months however however many months are left of the year. Yeah. And, uh, do you, you know, do, they, do you realize that the, do you realize their biggest show of the year Bound for Glory is in six weeks? Oh really? <laughs> I, yeah, as you know, I'm I'm not a huge TNA fan. Um, no, I was going to say like you. you yeah, you, you you watch the uh, television, you wouldn't even know where they're headed, considering it's six weeks until their WrestleMania, and they don't really even have a number one contender for the championship. But anyway, that just shows you that the, the company's all over the place, but uh, hopefully this uh, this end date gives them a bit more uh, structure and clarity. So let's just move into, uh, what, what, what do we learn from SummerSlam? It's the way we re- review our pay-per-views here on Wrestling Week that was. We just, uh, we, we find three major points, and... Uh, Oliver, what's one of the major points that you learnt from SummerSlam? What's the one uh, well, thing that resonated with you? Yeah, sure. So, for me, uh, I was actually looking at Roman Reigns during SummerSlam. I was watching his match closely. Uh, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was okay. There was, there was some very boring spots. But what struck me with Roman Reigns is that he, he still... He looks to me like he doesn't really... He, he's not really sure of himself. He's, sort of, he's almost lost. And uh, he needs something to kind of identify himself with. For example, um, as you know, with with the uh, you know breakup of the Shield, uh, he got he got the entrance, he got the he got the gear, he got he got the uh, you know the same kind of characteristics. He didn't really change much post Shield. So I'm thinking uh, with Roman Reigns, for him to be a really really top star in the WWE, which is definitely possible, and he's got huge potential. Uh, he he. I think he needs to, uh, you know, form, find find himself a little bit, if that makes sense. He needs to uh, break away from the shield, you know, almost sever those ties, and uh, form his own his own persona, his own character. Uh, whether that's whether that's appearance-wise, or you know, or you know, his his moveset, or the way he speaks, the way he acts. I just think that he's too. It's almost like he doesn't want to get let go of the shield, and for me, that's, yeah. that's that would be detrimental to him because he needs to be. You know, the shield was great, but the shield don't. The shield aren't. The shield are not one person. The shield is three. He wants to succeed on his own. So for me, yeah, I think, uh, it struck me at SummerSlam when you see huge stars like Brock Lesnar and John Cena on the pay-per-view. You see, okay, well, you may not like them, but they're huge stars and they got there on their own. And for Reigns to do that, he needs to become very, very, you know, much more individualized. And uh, yeah, that was that was what struck me with Roman Reigns, definitely. Yeah, I, I think you hit some good points there in regards to making Roman Reigns uh, different 
I mean, Dean Ambridge is the lunatic fringe. Uh, Seth Rollins is now an affiliation, has got an affiliation with the Authority. Roman Reigns is still using the Shield music and all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's very, very true. I do love this. I do love the Shield music with Roman Reigns. I think that's the one thing you can keep because I like that. I like, I like the beat. I like, I like the the aura that surrounds Roman Reigns yeah. with, with, with regards to the music. But yeah, I, I think he still has a lot to grow. He, uh, he still has a lot to, a lot of room left to grow into, and I think uh, WrestleMania 31 is still, I uh, still in the cards to verse Brock Lesnar. But well, uh, again, like you know, he's still got a lot, a long way to go. And I think one thing that I took away from the the first note that I wrote about with the Randy Orton uh, Roman Reigns match is, God damn, uh, Randy Orton's such a better wrestler than Roman Reigns. That's the first thing I said. Oh, God, you yeah. Know? Mm, yeah. Of course. I mean, Randy Orton's awful. I think Randy Orton's terrible. I think he's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. He's a great in-ring wrestler. Um, but he's just, he's so bland. And we've, we've had, I've had this argument so many times, especially over the last few months. He's so bland to me. And uh, at this point, he should be the guy who's, who's helping to elevate those around him like Roman Reigns. And uh, yeah, he is a much better wrestler than Roman Reigns. You're right. He's, he, yeah, yeah, we... we Wait till we get to our SmackDown review this week. I, I, I think SmackDown's slowly becoming Randy Orton's show where he kind of just lets loose a bit and does a few uh, promos that he wouldn't usually do and show a bit of a mean streak that we've kind of missed from the Viper. So we'll get into the SmackDown review in a little bit, but the one thing I yeah. took from uh, from Summer, SummerSlam was how good a decisive finish is in, in pro wrestling. I mean, up and down the card, you've got... You literally had all these major matches, and, and just, uh, like Bray Wyatt defeated uh, Chris Jericho, clean as a sheet. Brock Lesnar certainly de- de- defeated uh, John Cena clean as a sheet. You had, uh, you know, obviously you had a few, uh, you know, dirty finishes here and there, but like in regards to the Bella match, in regards to the, the Dean Ambrose match, but like it all played into the story, you know. But Bro- Dolph Ziggler beat beat uh, Miz clean as a sheet. Like it's good seeing these matches where there's just no bullshit, you know. Like Paige defeated AJ clean as a sheet. There's no there's no thumb to DR or anything like that. I mean, like it's mm-hmm. good for heels and baby faces to have uh, like clean wins, and I think that was a good thing coming out of SummerSlam. It's especially especially with heels as well because it's not something you see often, especially on a pay per view. And uh, and you're exactly right because uh, how how impactful and how meaningful is it, or how much more meaningful is it when you have a dominant or a clear you know a victory with clarity? Uh, I mean, when you have safer, I mean, looking at Dolph Ziggler and the Miz, I mean, who expected a clean win for Dolph, for Dolph Ziggler? Who expected a win for Dolph Ziggler? So when you see when you see him decisively beat the Miz, you can't you know it takes you back a bit and you're more impressed by what you see. And uh, you're yeah. exactly right with, uh, with regards to Bray Wyatt, and, and I'm glad Bray Wyatt got you know a clean win. And Brock Lesnar's win was probably the cleanest win we've seen in a long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can't you don't get cleaner than that, I don't think. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're definitely right with the whole. Uh, I mean, we didn't see it with that Ambrose and Rollins. I know we'll get into that in a little bit. So uh, maybe that that might be a good segue. But, but yeah, sure. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the last thing I learned about SummerSlam, uh, is talking about uh, impactful victories and and great matches, is that one thing I learned is that lumberjack match lumberjack matches can actually be great when they play into a story, and uh, yeah. we saw that in easily the greatest lumberjack match that I've seen in my 18 years of watching pro wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about yourself, but like my God, like talk about a match that just just intertwined with the story so well. The, the fact that that, that well, how many twenty or so grown men superstars that we know and love couldn't even contain the hatred that Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose had 
in the ring. How mm-hmm. poetic is that? I mean, like exactly. everything from 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 the from, from the fact that the lumberjacks couldn't control them, they're in the crowd. Then we come back in the ring, and the, the finishing sequence was almost beautiful. It almost felt like this was going to be the final match in the in the series. Like you know, Dean Ambrose like, gets him, kisses him on the head, hits Dirty Deeds. Beautiful stuff, and then of course, then Seth Rollins takes advantage of of the mm-hmm. smarts at the end by because of your mate Kane, and yeah. it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing match, amazing match. But uh, any other week, it would, it would be the match of the week, you know. Exactly. I mean, that that match was a, a rare example of how if how if you use the lumberjacks intelligently and you use them to benefit the story being told, you create something very very entertaining and very powerful. Obviously, now for me, if you remember during the match, it was you had I think it was probably about ten minutes in, you had Seth Rollins running away trying to escape. And you had the lumberjacks block him off, and to me that yeah. you know, would you have lumberjacks blocking, you know, that in, in close, closing both superstars in? You have, you know, you you get that feeling of okay, there's going to be a war here, and this isn't over just yet. And I think they were used, they were used perfectly. Uh, I didn't like. And, and, and then that, and then that led straight to the uh, the ridiculous all-in spot where Ambrose just jumped off the top and jumped on all the lumberjacks as they were carrying uh, Seth Rollins back to the ring, which was a which was a really really cool spot. It was actually it was very very good to watch actually quite funny. Dean Ambrose is Dean Ambrose for me is the best thing in WWE right now, and uh, to be honest, this this feud has been really good. I know you you've been talking a lot about uh, how it's a slow burning feud. There's a lot there's a lot more to come out of it as we saw on Raw, and uh, yeah. definitely uh, the lumberjack match was yeah I would agree and the best lumberjack match I've seen in my life, uh, which yeah, isn't he- saying all that much because there have been some pretty bad ones. Yeah, uh, don't, don't worry. In the time that you've been watching wrestling, there's not many lumberjacks that you've missed out that I recommend you go see. But this one is easily on the top of the list. Um, let's just quickly get into the uh, the raw three count review. So the way that the raw three count review works, we figure out three of the biggest points of the show, and we discuss and break them down. Personally, like my, 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 I thought it was the, the, a perfect follow up to SummerSlam, where we saw a new champion coronated, and then we saw WWE's future megastars take center stage. I tell you what, if, if the uh, main event is anything to go by, the future is looking goddamn fucking good, to be honest. Like, yeah. Let's just get straight into, the, into my personal favorite point of the show, which was one of the best things in Raw that I've seen in a long time. Dean Ambrose and, and Seth Rollins had a rematch, and it main evented Monday Night Raw. Like, yeah. do, do, do I need to say any, anything more? They had one of, I, I personally thought this was better than the Lumberjack match. I thought mm-hmm. uh, because it was just the two of them. Uh, of course, Kane was out there, but Kane had played his role and didn't uh, completely overshadow what was what needed to be done. They had an amazing chemistry. Las, Las Vegas was on fire. They were into everything that Dean Ambrose did. I, the last thing that I saw after Dean Ambrose was getting cut out of there was like, my God, when this guy comes back after he's done his movie and he comes back, he's going to be the hottest thing in pro wrestling. Easily. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And uh, that match, that match. Um, you talk about the crowd. The crowd actually, up until the main event, the main event they were they were, they were fully into, as were we all. The the crowd that night were not good at all, in my opinion. But for the main event, which which you would expect, because the match was so good, and you mentioned uh, Ambrose and Rollins' chemistry, they showcase that all the time. The chemistry they they you know they they, they can uh, show together display together is really really something it's almost it's almost it almost gives me a feel of going back to Austin Rock Triple H Shawn Michaels these are really Undertaker Kane these really old school views and a lot of chemistry it really feels like that for me 
And uh, when you're saying about Dean Ambrose being carted off, and, and you know, when when he does come back, he will be he will be you know he will be shot right to the top of that card, and he will be uh, you know on the fans fans lips and fans minds. So it definitely works well, well for the feud. It works well for the show, and it works well for both Rollins and Ambrose because we this feud isn't going anywhere anytime soon. It's just just a little break from it. I absolutely just love the fact that right now we, no one knows where Dean Ambrose is. No one knows where yeah. he is. He's, like, <laughs> he, he, he didn't even get any medical attention. He refused it. He just dis- disappeared. So now, there's, now, there's, now, there's, now there's this mystery. When's he going to come back? Is he gonna, like, what, it's going to be when Rollins tries to cash in his money in the bank briefcase. All these kind of like thoughts just play into like his return being one of the best things ever. And I find there's a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin-ish kind of character to uh, Dean Ambrose in regards to how he fights yeah. the authority and yeah. And, and, and was fighting against adversity. Adversary. Seriously, he is like what everyone wants John Cena really to be. I think he's much more yeah. of a rugged kind of version of it. So I think oh, yeah. his future definitely looks bright. So we're moving to uh, the other point that we had to make. You, you can't uh, not talk about Monday Night Raw from last week and not talk about uh, Paul Heyman's excellent, excellent promo. Uh, just yeah, another masterful promo that everyone should study if they're a pro wrestler and they want to improve on their yeah. promos. Like. Like Bobby Heenan, eat your heart out. Well, this kind of stuff—it's an incredible, in, incredible promo that put over John Cena. He put over Brock Lesnar. He put over the fact that uh, he was surprised that uh, that John Cena lasted so long, and and just the authority. He put over Brock's legacy. I just like, and he just did it within a five-minute promo. It's just exactly what you yeah. want from your pro wrestling. And uh, with Paul Heyman, when he's in that ring and he's talking, he makes it look effortless. He does. It's lucky he isn't even trying. And uh, he's yep, so good yep. at when his delivery is so strong and purposeful that when when he's talking, you you really really you're invested and you really believe in what he's saying, and that is a very rare uh, quality for, for for a promo cutter to to have because obviously yep. Paul Heyman Paul Heyman's been working with Brock Lesnar for you know well over a decade now. He he knows how to help Brock. He knows how to put him over, and that's exactly what he did on Monday. That that, that promo was you know the second best thing on the show. And uh, definitely, yeah. he Easy. he emphasised the importance of, of the match, the importance of the result. And uh, he, I mean, even when he when he when he plugs the network, I mean, everybody's I think getting getting sick of that now. But even when when Heyman does it, it's definitely uh, you know you, you always want to listen to it because it's it, it, the way he speaks. He does he has a way of speaking to people that you just have to you have to listen you have to listen to what he's saying because you know you know you're going to be entertained. And that is essentially the, the the point of a promo. So Paul Heyman is definitely one of the best promo cuts of all time. That was a highlight stand up moment for Roy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have, obviously you had a point that you wanted to make about the Wyatts and the fact that the uh, Wyatts are just kind of dwindling right now in the tag team division, even though they're one of um, the best teams in the division by far. Yeah, it's been really disappointing to me because I'm a big fan of the Wyatts. Uh, my favourite of the three is actually Luke Harper, believe it or not. I am a big fan of Luke Harper. I think he's amazing. Uh, his facial expressions, the way he sells, and uh, the way he behaves in the ring, his psychology is really good. Uh, but WWE seem they seem to have dropped the ball on the Wyatts. They seem to have lost the they seem to have lost the their concentration on them. They seem to have lost their you know their effort towards pushing them. And uh, you have Bray Wyatt, whose who feud with Jericho was pretty lackluster. I don't think anyone would, anybody would class that as a five-star feud. Definitely not. And uh, also, um, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, 
they first of all they should have the belts at this point. I think they should have won the belts at Battleground. I was disappointed that they didn't. And the Usos are, are good as a team. I'm fine with them, but I think they should have the belts. And I think WWE have just completely. It feels like they've run out of ideas for the White Family. I think uh, the timing's everything, as I've said multiple times on the show. And I think uh, the White's time was at uh, battle, Battleground, that two out of three falls match that, that stole the show. That was the time for the Whites to capture the championships. And yeah. now it's kind of like, well, you put them on, you put them on it now, put them, put the titles on them now. It's not going to matter one iota really, because now they're like, sure, they're losing to Mark Henry in the big show. They're losing like every week, but like they are, they are hard fought matches. I mean, I think that's that, that's their kind of like. Compensation to the fans, like well, you know, they're still fighting and whatnot. But uh, yeah, def- definitely the whites are kind of dwindling as uh, as uh, their careers kind of roll on. So hopefully they'll be able to regain and do something with it. So let's get into the main event quickie. Let's go and run through the, the main event. Is main event. There's not very much that's happening, even though they this week they did put a little bit of effort into making the show a little, a little bit more must-see for people that have the WWE Network. Um, yeah. Sheamus versus uh, de- defeated Curtis, Curtis Axel. It's the definition of a superstars match. Sheamus won clean, obviously. Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella uh, defeated Emma in her first outing since uh, turning on her sister. Uh, I, don't know what you, I don't know what you thought about uh, the uh, segment, Oliver, that opened up uh, uproar after SummerSlam, but uh, this yeah. Nikki... Bella situation. I mean, like Stephanie McMahon held the storyline together, no doubt, and she is easily one of the greatest heels the company has right now, and she's just so mm-hmm. articulate and smooth. And I think Brie Bella benefited greatly from uh, from this feud yeah. because how can you also, not when you're working with someone like that? Yeah, Stephanie. Stephanie's definitely been, you know, she's been the glue, the backbone here. Uh, she's been the bridge between the two sisters, and that was, uh, you know, evident in SummerSlam. Uh, with regards to the uh, the opening promo on Raw, I didn't I didn't like it. I, not because it didn't make sense or anything like that. It was a logical logical segment, logical reasoning. I don't I don't think Nikki Bella is good on the mic at all. I don't she, I don't think she's yes. comfortable. I really don't think she's good at all. And she, her delivery needs a lot of work because honestly, for me, it, it sounded like when she was talking on Raw, to me, that sounded like she was trying in her best in her head to memorize exactly what she'd read on the paper backstage. And that is not how you want it. I mean, she should be she should be watching Paul Heyman and see how see how he, his delivery works because her, her mic skills are not good at all. And uh, while I don't have a problem with the turn, I think she isn't selling it as well as she could be. Yeah, just very quickly, um, I was listening to Steve Austin's podcast uh, that's up there right now, and it's a, he had a fascinating, fascinating interview with Mick Foley. That's a two-parter that I listened to this, the second part. Definitely worth listening to if you're a pro wrestling fan. But uh, he, uh, Steve Austin, before he talked to Mick Foley, was talking about uh, uh, going to the, uh, the SummerSlam conferences and all that stuff, and the, the 2K14 yeah. or 2K15 reveal. And he was... Um, talking with Cesaro and talking with uh, Roman Reigns and watching them just interact with the fans without a script. And the first thing he said is just like, they're just so, so natural and so charismatic just normally that he thinks that maybe WWE is scripting their promos too much so that the actual natural charisma that these people have can't be uh, explored or expressed. That, that yeah. maybe these promos are just way too down the line that, you know, we're going to get carbon copies of these superstars instead of the real thing. Yeah, I think I do think WWE do restrict her, especially because uh, of the rating of the show. It's obviously a PG rated show, so there are certain things and certain you know behaviours that aren't appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, 
I don't think you, I don't think you need to swear or anything like to get across a point. I'm talking about I'm talking about your natural ad lib promos that that your Dusty Rhodes and your and your Dick Slaters and your and your Ric Flairs made a career out of because they just they had bullet points and they talked about it like a Ric Flair promo. Just very quickly, obviously we're getting a bit sidetracked, but Ric Flair a Ric Flair promo every single time he went out of the bat in the 1980s and 1990s, he'd tell he'd promote the city, promote the match, he'd promote the pay per view promote uh, his issues and do it all within 30 seconds and do it different every single time and uh, yeah. you know like you don't get that from just reading a script you know like there's only so far you can take it but uh, um, anyway I just want to move on very very quickly because we'll just get to these main events uh, quickies because there's nothing really much to talk about Slater and Gator I defeated Los Matadores, which makes it a bit of a streak for Slater and Gator at the moment um, apparently Hornswoggle was dressed up like a cow for some oh. reason I have Oh, I don't, I don't even know. Why does he have a job? I don't even know why. does why. he have a job? Hornswoggle uh, dressed as a cow. Hornswoggle dressed as a cow, for me, is like... Um, it's, it's like in line with, with Corporate Kane as one of the worst things on TV at the moment. And I don't want to see I don't want to see Hornswoggle anymore. He's really... Fans are starting to hate him, and I wouldn't be surprised if one day soon he comes out and people throw litter at him. He's so annoying. I can't stand him. <laughs> He's very, very, very bad. But uh, uh, moving on, we had Mark Henry defeating Eric Rowan, um, which is a bit of odd because uh, Mark Henry it seems like he's in a robbery with with Rusev, although he was involved in a match where he beat the Whites with the Big Show. So I I had the feeling that they kind of rewrote the show on the fly on Monday um, because it sounds like Mark yeah. Henry is going to be versing Rusev. And by the way, I'm a big fan of that. I think Rusev and Mark Henry. I, I love. I, I thought Mark Henry's natural reaction just to Rusev and getting pissed off, and just calling Rusev a boy, and then asking, and yeah. then telling Lana, "Listen, you, you, you translate you translate that to him and tell him what I really mean by saying boy." It's yeah. I think it's. I think it's exactly what the Big E rivalry should have been like. Uh, yeah, that, because that, Mark Henry is a. Mark Henry is a, a naturally intimidating person. He he's uh, definitely when he when he speaks and when he acts, he's, there's a you know there's a definitely an air of legitimacy behind it because uh, uh, he's obviously yeah. you know he, he, he's a legit tough man. You, there's no doubt in that. We all remember and, how uh, he was in. We all remember how he was in 2011 when he really turned heel and won the world championship. We want that. The best we need that. Ring. Oh. Absolutely, coming out came out of the blue. The, uh, one of the one of the best things coming out of 2011. Oh yeah, definitely, and uh, obviously with uh, I, I agree with you because uh, Raw did it did seem like uh, they changed the script halfway through the show because that whole Mark Henry Rusev uh, confrontation would have been made much more surprising if if Henry hadn't appeared an hour before that because obviously him being in the match with, with Big Show first of all you know those two have no business be, beating beating uh, Wyatt and Rowan because I'm sorry Harper and Rowan because they're much older. And they don't need the win, uh, but definitely I'm looking for the match because you know you're going to. I kind of disagree with you. I only I only disagree with you if if Show and Show and Henry got the t- the tag title shot because in the eyes of the fans, the Whites were the last team to really give Usos a run for their money. So they have to beat the they have to be the Whites to progress. I get that 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 logic and like like if it, if it was going to be Henry and Show versus the Usos, you have to. You have to have the Usos win. You know, yeah. what I mean? you know what I mean? 
They have to win yeah. because you got the former world champion, the team of former world champions stepping up to the plate, being larger guys. But uh, yeah, I just kind of disagree with you. Just there. Uh, Are you looking forward to the match? Which one? Uh, Mark Henry and Rusev. If the crowd stays stays with it, sure. I think I, I think we fine. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good as as the Swagger and Big E matches have been. But uh, I think it'll be a solid match regardless. But uh, moving on very quickly, just to finish off main event. Uh, obviously, the major WWE World Championship announcement was that John Cena was going to be uh, invoking his rematch a month from Sunday at Night of Champions. So I, I think that I think WWE's got the right idea by announcing these little things on main event and making main event a bit more must-see. I think I just think they just need some better matches instead of instead of uh, uh, Slater and Gator versus the Los, Los Matadores, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, moving on to NXT, m- m- yeah, NXT. Let's let, 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 let's let's keep rolling here. NXT, the NXT Weekly Awards. Now this is the way we kind of review it. It's a little bit different because you know they're the developmental territory. We want to give them some accolades, you know, as they're progressing up the ladder to the, to the main event roster. I personally thought this was a a fun show that progressed the tournaments well and, and, and announced the next NXT special in three weeks. So we're going to get another NXT... Uh, te- uh, what, what's it called? NXT TakeOver? Yeah. Are you excited NXT for takeover, NXT TakeOver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And also... Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, NXT... One, one thing I've noticed about watching NXT is uh, WWE are very, very, have been very clever with the way that they build feuds there. Uh, and the way that they build storylines and the way they build, you know, contenderships and and matches up there because obviously you have a you have much younger talents, much more experienced, and I think they need that kind of help creatively to be able to flourish and to to be able to improve. And uh, you definitely, with regards to the, the tag team, the tag team matches on NXT were good. I liked the the main event. I thought that was the best match of the show. Um, yeah, very good. And, uh, yeah, very good. and uh, yeah, the way the way they built up throughout the show, and obviously we have NXT Takeover coming soon, which I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, I, I definitely I'm, I'm pleased and, and looking forward to you know how 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 these storylines how these matches progress leading up to the event because tag team you know storylines in the tag team division and you know competitiveness and you know the, the angst behind a tag team tag team matches is something that's almost gone almost almost been missing in WWE for for, for quite a few years now with the exception of a yeah. couple of teams so yeah I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think Triple H kind of agrees with all our sentiments in regards to the tag team division being dead, and I think uh, he's doing a good job by putting it up, up like tag teams like Big Cass and Enzo Amore, who Enzo Amore easily has like the biggest charisma I've seen in a long time, especially on NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Kalisto Stone, Sin Cara, uh, which kind of t- ties into uh, my M- my personal MVP of the week, which I thought was Kalisto. Uh, the former Samurai Del Sol, for those who are who are fond of the inter- independent pro-, pro wrestling kind of scene, uh, he's an incredible talent that could easily uh, surpass uh, Rey Mysterio as being that kind of a Mexican lucha character for WWE going forward. His English is fantastic. He moves like uh, Rey Mysterio did back when he was in WCW in the 1990s. I think he's got a lot yeah. of good promise, and I think his tag team with Sin Cara is his ticket to the main event. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, Kalisto and Sin Cara are my picks for uh, d- defeating the Ascension at TakeOver in three weeks. Yeah, and like I said to you before we came on on the air, that that is really that is the most logical thing that that WWE can do with these two because they fit each other perfectly. It's a good, as I said, logical match, 
and uh, you're definitely going to get good matches and, and you know a good storyline out of the two of them, and it will help them both long term and short term because obviously if you have them if you have them together, you're going to get some good fast paced matches, uh, which will be good to watch. And also, what was in doing so, uh, both you you talking about Callisto, Callisto will learn a lot, and uh, when he is moved up to the main roster, which you know whenever that will be, I think he'll be a lot more prepared and a lot you know a lot more uh, a lot less green if you know what I mean. So. Definitely, um, you're right about Callisto. Um, my, my personal MVP of the match, though, was um, uh, I'm sorry, of the show was Tyson Kidd uh, because I thought Tyson he really. Kidd. Why, 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 why Tyson Kidd? Oh, because uh, I thought uh, his match with um, uh, what's his name, uh, Tyler Breeze. Sorry, I thought it was a really yeah. good match, and uh, I, while the finish wasn't so good, I actually thought um, he, he looked he looked real strong coming off of it because. Uh, he's found wins hard to come by recently, so I think for him, for him beating Tyler Breeze, he, I think he did win by Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But uh, <laughs> I just think, I just, oh yeah, um, but I just think Tyson Kidd, he has a lot of potential. I've always liked him, so uh, when when he does get wins, no matter how they come, I think I just think he looks good. Uh, not necessarily with the man of the win. I just thought he looked good on an NXT, and uh, there was more spotlight on him because it wasn't a tag team yeah. match. I think uh, we've seen the best Tyson Kidd we've ever seen in WWE. It's a shame that uh, they can't uh, take the storyline that they've got going on with him and Natalia and put it on main event television because I think it's easily one of the be- the better storylines that WWE is doing at the moment. Um, yeah. So obviously we're going to ease into NXT's weekly downside of the week. Who is who is who? Who just left a sour taste in your mouth? And I think we're both in agreement. Oh, actually, no. Oh, well, I personally think that Mojo Riley took. Yeah, we agree. Been, the, we agree. Yeah, the, 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 the way, Mo, Mojo Riley. I, I, I'm hyped and I, am hyped and I stay hyped or some bullshit tagline like that. It's, it's and plus, yeah. I, I think like, I'm very much. For, I'm, I think I think like, it's good that he's an athlete and he's got an athletic background and that's what they push on on NXT. That's good, um, but it's just. He, he he runs the ring like the Ultimate Warrior. He, he he it's I don't know how to take him. Like I don't know what his message is. Like I just he's just I don't know. He's not really doing very much for me right now. He's involved in a rivalry with uh, with Bull Dempsey, and <laughs> Bull Dempsey he's another story for another day. But like you know, sure. there's, there's not a lot of uh, yeah. It just, and in the ring, I think I think it's where it takes the cake. His his finisher is a sit down splash. It's like. He's just not exciting at all, and uh, there's nothing about him, when I look at him, there's nothing about him to me that screams anything entertaining, or screams star in any way, and uh, obviously, I mean, first of all, let's not, let's not look past the fact that his name is terrible. Mojo Rawley is a terrible name, in my opinion. It's like Dolph Ziggler, but Dolph Ziggler is actually good, has some talent. Um, Mojo Rawley... He, yeah, he it certainly wasn't kind of good when I first started, though. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler sounded like a terrible Yeah, Mojo Rawley has a bad name. I, don't, I think he looks like he's just come out of prison. Uh, I don't think he looks very good. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, I don't have very high hopes for him. And uh, with the recent budget cuts and releases, I'm surprised he didn't go. Honestly, and uh, Bill Dempsey to me isn't much of an improvement, but you didn't see him as much on the yeah. show, obviously. So. Well, they had, they had faith in him because they like they built up this this conflict with Rusev at, at the last takeover, and then they then Rusev just killed him, like killed him dead, and I think that was his turning point. But now he's still yeah. involved in 
it, like it really when NXT is, a, is only an hour long every week, like I think they should definitely be giving this this time to someone else. Oh, I don't yeah. know, maybe Prince Devon and Kevin Steen who are going to be coming up soon. You know, like when, when, rather, are, rather, when, when are we going to see them? Your guess is as good as mine. They they, they released a Twitter for, a Twitter pic of uh, them wearing stuff. They're wearing a, a new gimmick that. Oh, I think I think Prince Devitt has got this like painted gimmick thing that's going on, and Steen looks exactly like he used to. So, and they they took a photo in front of a, a an old photo of Triple H. So, they're coming. We just don't know when. And I think that's the best thing. We just don't know when. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, moving on to NXT's up and comer of the week. Uh, I think again we're both in agreeing agreeing yeah. that uh, Becky, Becky Lynch was yeah Becky Lynch was the NXT's up and comer of the week. Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, it's telling when uh, the women's matches on NXT are better than the women's matches on the main roster. I truly believe that, and I think uh, oh, Charlotte's doing really well. Her, her her nickname, obviously coming from, deriving from her dad, uh, really suits her. And the dirtiest diva in the game, I mean, it has a kind of ring to it. But uh, anyway, it, it um, certainly does. Have you, about seen, her, have you seen uh, the takeover match that that he had uh, that Natalia had? Yeah, I did see that. It was really good. Yeah, for the, it was. Uh, when was that? About six weeks ago now. Yeah, and then the last oh. NXT ever was really good. Yeah. Incredible! Incredible! It's an amazing yeah. match. But uh, the match but, that Becky and, and Charlotte had on, on NXT was surprisingly good. I think Becky, she's oh. learning fast. And uh, you said that you said that you didn't like her match prior to this one. No, I didn't. I, I thought her first match. I think I did. I did a very quick review of it last show, and she got she got my downside of the week uh, oh. purely because she was doing jigs. I, I like she was wrestling. It was messy. It was all over the place. I didn't know even know who the hell this person was. Why she was Irish and she's doing a jig. It's like yeah, like it's such an unoriginal kind of take on where the person mm-hmm. comes from. But now she seems like she's got a bit of a punk rock kind of high energy gimmick, and that's much better. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I thought she was she much 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 more improved. Uh, looked really good against Charlotte. And hey, hey, we have to remember very very quickly that Charlotte's only been wrestling not even a full year yet. You know, like oh god, oh, yeah, she, yeah. So the fact that she's at that level right now is scary. For how good that she she could be like later down down the line. I think uh, also, would you agree that Charlotte has a lot of pressure on her from her from her heritage? Absolutely, absolutely. But at the same time, she's getting a lot of good little rubs because of who her father was. And sometimes, yeah. hey, for, for the for the other Flair children that have wrestled like David Flair, and like you know like that that rub hasn't been that good because they weren't good performers themselves and they were rushed too quickly. So I think uh, WWE has definitely learnt from WCW's mistakes. Uh, it does help that uh, that she is uh, Ric Flair's father. Sorry, Ric Flair's daughter. Hold on. Uh, um, and I think uh, the fact that she's good is going to pay dividends for her. So if the takeover match is anything to go by, yeah. I think it was good. I have to say, with NXT, uh, we're all eagerly awaiting the arrival of uh, David Benoit. I think that, that would be pretty entertaining to see. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think that's even on the cards, considering his last name. Is it? <laughs> I know. I just. I would just like to see it. I think it'll be very good. I think WWE will be very brave. I don't think. I don't think it will happen. But I would just like to see it personally. I think. I think they're, they're very, very brave. But I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, yeah, you, you, there's a lot of there's a lot of good wrestlers out there, and I think you know, NXT is just 
Add Kevin Steen and add uh, Prince Devitt to the mix. <laughs> Kalista, Samurai Del Sol, Sami Zayn, uh, Adrian Neville. I personally saw uh, Pac, Adrian Neville, uh, Russell Lowkey uh, when I went to WrestleMania 28 and went to the Dragon Gate show there and saw their 30-minute epic match. Oh, like, Jesus Christ, this, that, that guy can go. And, like, add, yeah. add all the other good wrestlers to the mix. NXT is just thriving with upcoming talent. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's move on to SmackDown. Uh, like we, so we do the good and the bad of SmackDown. And uh, but, well, I thought this was a good show, just purely that they, they did a Randy Orton, uh, Roman Reigns-centric uh, show, show-long storyline that progressed things nicely and kind of just showed, the, showed that, yes, Roman Reigns and Randy Orton will fight again. And uh, uh, what do you think about Randy Orton and Roman Reigns locking horns once again? you think it's a bit of an overkill, or you think uh, Orton and Reigns should move on to other things? I don't think it's overkill yet, because we've only had one match, uh, I'm sorry, one pay-per-view match between the two, so I wouldn't say it's overkill yet. Uh, However, um, obviously you know, and and other people know my my thoughts on, on Randy Orton, uh, I think he is a good, a good opponent for, for Roman Reigns right now, and like you said, he was impressive on SmackDown. I always give him credit when he when he deserves it. Uh, you know, he, he, his uh, his segment with RVD was pretty good. So uh, I have to say, with uh, with, with regards to, to to the SmackDown and the links to, to their rivalry, uh, yeah, I do I do want to see them go at it one more time. I think they can. I think definitely think they can improve on their match at SummerSlam. It was okay. Yep. And I think uh, if you introduce sort of weapons or some kind of stipulation to to their match, I think I think fans will want to see that. I, I um, yeah, I, stipulation matches. You you kind of wonder how what, what you could do with it. I, I I don't think any weapons or anything could be could enhance it because there's there's no real blood feud yet. Yet is the key word. But I think a two out of three falls match or something like that could could definitely could definitely uh uh. Go well for Roman Reigns because what beat beat Randy Orton t- two straight falls, you know that, that kind of stuff. Like those kind of dominating yeah. things could play nicely. But in, in regards to SmackDown, I really liked the uh, the show centric uh, story involving Orton and uh, Reigns. For those who don't know, it was meant to be RVD versus uh, Orton. Orton blindsided him and beat the shit out of uh, RVD. Just pillar to post, beat him all over it, finished off with the RKO onto his chair, onto his chair that was already set up. Vicious stuff. And uh, it was really good to hear Orton just, just slowly and methodically destroy this man. And it was just a really good thing to see. It kind of reinvigorated my interest in Roman Reigns because I know... Sorry, Roman Reigns. Uh, Randy Orton. Because uh, I know his promise can be boring and, uh, and uh, okay at best. Not. <laughs> so, uh, sometimes you can really sometimes when he, he goes a little bit off script he can be alright but yeah there, there, there's, there's stages where Randy Orton cares a lot and there's stages where Randy Orton doesn't give a shit oh, he's that's always been his case when you mentioned his, uh, his old slow methodical have we not seen that I mean come on I mean since 2009 that's always been and it's boring it's fucking tedious I'm sorry it's fucking awful I can't stand this guy and uh, Ed, this whole thing that, you know, he, oh, he's a household name, he's a really good wrestler, those two things are true, I'm not going to debate them, but I'm just sick of everybody using those two things as a way of justifying how pissed poor he is. He constantly, he's awful, and uh, occasionally he'll put in a good performance, and occasionally he'll, he'll look good, but I'm sick of his promos, I'm sick of his, uh, I'm sick of his slow, methodical, I'm sick of his entrance and his music, oh, that... That makes me want to, oh, I don't know, peel my skin off. I, I, I think, I think you've, hit, you, you've hit the nail on the head. I think what he, he, he suffers from right now is he needs to evolve. 
He needs to evolve his character. He needs to do something different. He needs to step out of the really? viper thing because yeah, he really does because we've we've been privy to it for the last like five years, six years. He's been the same person, and I think uh, all the great wrestlers of of the generation that I know have evolved in some way, shape, or form. And I think he needs to mm-hmm. find it again. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one thing I liked about SmackDown that I saw a lot, a lot of in the Swagger versus Rollins match and the Rusev uh, confrontation with uh, with Mark Henry is that it's good seeing wrestlers sell their injuries long after they've had matches where they've been injured. I think yeah. it adds a, another layer of realism to to the confrontations. Uh, it, 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 shows it shows you that these people are real people. Like too often we've seen like matches and situations where like like someone would be hospitalised and they'd be back spring to their step and running to the ring the next week, and whereas like Rusev literally got put in the ankle lock a few times from Jack Swagger, he's been selling it ever since. That puts over not over Rusev but also Jack Swagger's ankle lock. You know, it works both ways. Yeah, I've actually been really impressed with Rusev uh, for a while now, for a couple of months. Me too. Uh, he's been Me too. He's been really, really selling that ankle lock well because obviously historically, how many people tapped out for that move? Obviously, it wasn't made famous by Jack Swagger, but historically, the move put a lot of pressure and a lot of pain on an injury on people. So Swagger, I'm sorry, Rusev has done well to kind of rekindle that the the whole the legitimacy around that move because it is a very it is a very good move and Rusev has done well to sell that. So even when he's been beating Swagger, he kind of looked weak and he's made Swagger look good, which is a which is a, a very big compliment to him considering he's still a young talent. He still does not completely yeah. know what he's doing. He's done really well and I'm really impressed with the way he's sold the feud. I think he's I think he's definitely the most improved wrestler of two thousand and fourteen by far at this stage. I mean his selling at SummerSlam was like masterful. He was yeah. like uh, almost almost too good because he was meant to be the healer out of the whole thing, and he's he was fighting through the pain to to beat Swagger. It was kind of a bit backwards, but uh, yes, uh, Rusev is definitely on the rise and, and getting better and better. So very quickly, the bad of SmackDown. I mean, uh, Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips is a play-by-play announcer on uh, NXT, and mm-hmm. I, I I watched NXT and I I really felt that there was a lot of Good charisma. He showed a lot of good natural charisma, and now he's obviously been brought to the to, to the main event uh, to a primetime television show in, in SmackDown, and he's put with JBL and Cole, and completely just didn't do anything. Didn't said the generic things. He was buried by Cole and JBL. I get why. I mean, mm-hmm. you're thrown into the situation, they throw you in the deep end, they throw some curveballs at you purposely to see how you're going to react to them. Uh, but, God, Todd Phillips looked like, just looked like a, a generic announcer that we've seen millions of times before. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, honestly, I think JBL, first of all, has a history of doing this. JBL has buried quite a few people on that, in that booth. Uh, I remember Cody Rhodes being on the, on the commentary booth, and he, he laid into him a while ago. And, uh, but yeah, with Todd Phillips, I think NXT is where he belongs at this point. Uh, just for just for a while, I think he needs to improve. I think you're right about him showing, you know, uh, out, you know, some some charisma, showing some kind of enthusiasm, and uh, he's he's definitely improving on NXT because you know he isn't he isn't a bad announcer. I just think he needs a little bit of molding. Also, I think to be honest, I mean, it sounds a little bit sad for me to say this, but I think JBL and Cole could in storyline could. I could go a little bit easier on him. I mean, I don't. That's not. It's not like it's the focal point of the show. Uh, you know, people don't tune in to see Michael Cole tear. You know, rip into into Todd Phillips. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think. Uh, they had, an, they had an affinity with doing that over and over again, which is a pro- which I which which is, can be all right, but it completely distracts from the from the match you're watching. 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, honestly, I've been very, very critical of actually all all the commentary in WWE recently. Uh, you may remember I wrote something on the site about this, and uh, oh, JBL, JBL for me is a beaten dog. He there's nothing there's nothing he can say now that will you know rekindle any kind of interest in him. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Michael, as a pro wrestler, sure. But I, I, I personally think that JBL, especially this week, showed a lot of good just heel announcer kind of qualities. He was on fire and raw, just like just ripping into people. But I thought it was like I thought it was done in such a way where like it worked for the match or the match that he yeah. called. I think there's sometimes, still something he can give as a color person though. Yeah, sometimes it fits and sometimes it's overkill with JBL. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, I mean, if I ask you, who do you, who do you think is the worst of the three announcers at this point? Uh, on Raw? Yeah. Ha- it has to be Jerry the King Law, unfortunately. And, and that pains me to say that because Jerry the King Law, when I grew up, in the ni- when he had, when he didn't have like a, a PG-13 net around him, like he was the funniest, funniest guy. He had the best chemistry with JR. He, like he was the, he, like the commentary team was one of the, the staples for Monday Night Raw for me as a yeah. kid growing up. And he, he is a complete shell of his former self. He doesn't watch SmackDown. He comes to Raw and he just does whatever he wants. So yeah, it's not definitely uh, yeah uh, yeah he needs to be replaced. And obviously the hey Renee Young bring Renee Young up, up from NXT. I think she could definitely be good. Renee Young can be as well. And in a world where uh, you know wrestling, wrestling definitely is a very male, a male-dominated uh, community, and uh, it's it's so easy to to see a woman and think, oh God, she must be terrible. You know, she's a woman, so she yeah. doesn't she doesn't know what she's doing. But Renee Young has actually been pretty pretty good. I think she 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 gets her point across well, and she she you know gets herself involved in each feud. She seems to know what she's talking about. So I actually think Renee Young is actually one one of the uh, one of the good you know up-and-coming announcers in WWE right now. And I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. her on Raw, maybe, or or on a, or on a SmackDown, uh, whenever she's yeah, you know, around. So definitely, I think she's doing well. Yeah, throw her out there and see what she, see what she can do. Definitely. Exactly. Um, yeah. So just very quickly, what's there to watch on on SmackDown? Check out the the uh, Stardust and Goldust versus the Whites. That was just a really good, solid TV match. Um, I love the Whites killing the Dusts afterwards. So you see things like that. I mean, it's it's not a complete burial of the Whites at the moment because they are still like handily destroying people, and, and like they've done it on SmackDown with the Dusts. But you know, um, well, they just need hey, wins and losses still matter in 2014. But, uh, and also just check out Orton killing RVD. That was always very entertaining. And also so check, out, uh, check out check out Hornswoggle as a cow. Check out Hornswoggle as a cow. I don't think so. well. That was the main event, and I I, I think that's uh, we should really publicise that because that's not really a selling point for the WWE network. <laughs> um, I really well, don't like that, that notion. Is just yeah. They need to get rid of some people. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised that he survived some of the the, the latest roster cuts. Yeah. Okay, so good. So we we look at TNA every week, and I always ask, good was it good or was it TNA awful? Get it? TNA awful. See what I do there with every week, and do you think that's funny? No. Oh my god! You have to realize I do this show every week on my own. I'm always looking for a good reaction. I have this image in my head of people laughing profusely. But anyway, was the show good or, good or TNA awful? What did you th- What did you think, Oliver? What did you think well, from what you watched? 
Okay, so I watched about 75% of TNA this week, uh, Hardcore Justice, and as you know, I've been a very big skeptic of TNA for uh, quite a few years now. I stopped watching TNA. Uh, I stopped watching TNA in about 2012, 2011. But uh, I watched it again this week, and I was uh, actually pleasantly, pre- pleasantly surprised with what I saw. I really, like, I really enjoyed the main event and the finish, and I really enjoyed. Uh, we were talking about earlier. We were talking about Bram and uh, Bram and uh, what, 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 what was the What was the main event? Just for the people who haven't watched it. Okay, so the main event was a uh, cage match, um, five-way cage match, uh, and basically the winner, you could only win via escaping the cage, and there was no pinfall and submission. And uh, we had uh, basically uh, Bobby Roode and uh, Eric Young tied for finish. They both escaped at the same time. And uh, these, we've seen this kind of finish before, but it isn't, it's not a bad way of continuing a, a story. Well, it's, it, so. it's the old school uh, Hog Hogan, Paul Orendorf finish from uh, the ninth, from the early, sorry, from the late 80s, if you yeah. remember that at all. Yeah, but when they were feeding for the WWE Championship. Yeah, it, it's done to death, and I thought they did a very good job of, you couldn't really tell who was going to win. Um, but I, I, I think what, what, what you're seeing every week now, because I know you've just started watching again, Oliver, is you're seeing mm-hmm. uh, shows where they just they didn't really know when the company was going to fall or if they were going to fall. They didn't know the company's future. So the booking shows just purely just to fill it with content that's watchable and enjoyable and making the show a good two hours of pro wrestling. They don't really have an idea of where they're going creatively, but that's why they're doing... Match six-way cage matches and Janice on a pole matches and hardcore matches because they're just like, well, we might as, might as well make the two hours enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I think they're thinking too short term and they're not thinking enough in the long term. If that makes any sense to you, uh, yeah, I think I, they're I, thinking I, about. Yeah, and I think I think in, uh, these matches, the matches were good on, on TNA this past uh, what day was it? Wednesday. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the matches were definitely good, but it didn't seem like there was there was too much thought going into going into why each match was happening and why each you know result happened. Uh, it was sort of like yeah. it, to me, it felt like uh, okay, this is happening, but I don't really know why it's happening. Um, but the matches were entertaining, definitely. I think what TNA is doing right now with their, with their product is they're giving us uh, concept matches uh, that fans want to see. Just very quickly, Oliver, can you just take me off the mic? I can hear myself. I'm sorry. Good. Oh, I think it's alright now. Oh, no, I can hear myself. Okay. Let's try it again. Perfect. Oh, and I can hear myself again. No. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Let's just run with it. Um, yeah, no, what, what TNA is doing right now with their product is they're, they're giving us matches, they're giving us uh, future feuds, old feuds that we've seen before. Um, never have you seen a company promote another company as well as TNA is doing with WWE right now with the with the Dudleys and the Hardys. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and sure, sure. For, for the long term, it's not good. It's completely what WWE is not doing. But I think they're just thinking that the company's not going to be around for long, so we might as well make the show entertaining. And, and personally, like, Dudley's, Hardy's, and the Wolves for the tag titles, that sounds like a pretty yeah. good three-way tag feud to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Part of it, I think, with TNA now is also damage limitation. Because I think, I think people within the company know that TNA probably won't be around for much longer. So if they can go out on a, you know, the, a, the biggest high possible, then, then that's at least something positive for them to be kind of, kind of you know, look back on. So it, it, yeah. I, mean, I wanted TNA to do well, but at least if, they, if this is their last kind of stand, then at least it's something positive and they're providing entertaining matches. So 
you know, there's a reason to tune in and they don't go out, you know, they go out with some dignity, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Well, I, I like, I always, I made this segment of the show purely because I just thought TNA is going to be shit every week, and I, I, it will be my outlet just to rant and rave like every pro wrestling fan does. That's why I called it like TNA good or TNA awful. But my verdict for the show is it was TNA good. And yeah, do you rate the show the same? I give it, yeah, I give, I give it the same. I'd say TNA good. I was surprised, like I said, pleasantly surprised. So I give it coming TNA from one of the, someone that absolutely hates TNA. Oh yeah, yeah I can't, they're, they're I can't doing it. So exactly you know right. done well when I start complimenting them. There you go, exactly right. So so guys, like if you're looking for a two hour television show that's you can just watch it, you can walk away and not be worried about the storylines, but you get some good wrestling matches and, and a pretty good atmosphere at New in New York City, check out the TNA Impact next Wednesday because I think they're going to be finishing up their their, their uh, uh, New York City tapings uh, in the next two weeks, so the next two two shows should definitely be uh, good. Uh, okay, yeah. so very quickly, uh, match, ma- matches of the week. Uh, what, what were your top three matches of the week in, in uh, from third to first, Oliver? Uh, regarding all shows. Regarding the whole week. Okay, so number one for me was um, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. Yep. Definitely number one. Uh, number two. Uh, I would say would be Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose on Raw, and uh, number three would be Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose at SummerSlam. Well, that's exactly what I actually had identically. That's the 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 three matches that everyone should go out of the way to see this week. Uh, I mean, Lesnar and Cena. I don't care what anyone else says. I mean, someone talked to me the other the other day and was like, "Oh, it's just like uh, Scott Steiner versus Triple H at Royal Rumble 2003." When, when uh, Scott Sterner did all those belly to belly suplexes, have you seen that match? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and I didn't like the match. Yeah. but uh, I no, didn't no, know it was a horrible match. But, yeah, it's horrible. It was horrible. But they're comparing it to that. It's just like, no, no. Scott Sterner just kept doing the same move because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing in the ring with Triple H. Like, yeah. this is a completely different story, you know. Like, and Brock Lesnar and John Cena, like. Story, as we've said before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- yeah. There are there are matches for the week, guys. Uh, check out those those top matches. Honorable mentions goes to uh, Reigns, Sheamus, and IVD versus Rybaxel and Orton from uh, Raw this this past Monday night. Uh, check out the the Dust versus the Wyatts from SmackDown this week, and uh, Sin Cara and Kalisto versus uh, Adam Rose and Sami Zayn. Check that one out straight yeah. away as well. Okay, so very quickly, uh, we're going to go to the podcast of the week. Now we're going to try something different this week. I think we're going to maybe make this a bit of a theme for the show going forward, but I, I took out an excerpt uh, from uh, Jim Ross's podcast that I think everyone should listen to that hopefully silences the fans out there that are, that are just crying and, and so upset about what happened between John Cena and Brock Lesnar at, at, at SummerSlam. Um, I think he really kind of encapsulates it well, so just uh, have a listen and tell me, tell me what you think. Uh, I thought Lesnar was a beast. Lesnar uh, is the biggest most impressive, real athlete that uh, WWE has ever signed. With all the USC, they're almost making the Vikings and the, what he's done and, and, and becoming the USC heavyweight champion. Uh, you so young. So can Lesnar be an effective WWE world champion working a part-time schedule? You're damn right he can. They did it for years, the traveling NWA champion, and now WWE can do the, the great vignettes, the great videos, and Lesnar's got the great Paul Heyman 
this advocate that can be at every TV representing the WWE World Champion. I would have you pay that $9.99 to see Lesnar uh, on the network, on pay-per-views. If he fights once a month, that's enough for me. I don't need to see him in an enhancement match. I don't need to see him in an obligatory match on TV. To prove what? To prove what? You can still see his image. You can still be, he can still be represented just fine with Paul Heyman. So there you go. I mean, like, I think that just encapsulates everything we've been saying about why Brock Lesnar is, I hate to say it, best for, best for business. I mean, like, yeah. do you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. I think JR's got it uh, spot on there because uh, it's. I think it's people are focusing too much on, on when when will we see Lesnar, what will he be doing. And I think people instead should be focusing on uh, what does Lesnar represent and what does he bring, you know, what is he all about. I think this is what people need to be looking at personally for me because Brock Lesnar is a draw, a proven draw. We were talking about this on Facebook the other day. Brock Lesnar is a proven draw, we, you know, there's no, there's no doubting that. And uh, I've actually, I wanted to bring something else up while we're on the subject as well. Uh, I was receiving messages uh, on the on the site's page and personally on Facebook and stuff that Lesnar, Lesnar apparently, people are saying that he doesn't know what he's doing in the ring because he was throwing 16 suplexes at Cena. And apparently he can't <laughs> wrestle, which really pissed me off. It pissed me off to listen to that because Brock Lesnar is one yeah. of the best wrestlers in the company. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, like, again, it, it just comes down to these fans that have been out there who have been watching them, they've been long-time wrestling fans, and, and they just can't wrap their head around what Lesnar did in the ring and, and, and just found, found the match boring and all that stuff. It's like, if you yeah. just look behind, beyond the technical... And like uh, I'm going to do a cheap plug at the, uh, right now. I've got an article coming out in the next week, and it's going to be a thank you letter to John Cena. It's going to be directed to John Cena, thanking him for for his match against uh, against Brock Lesnar. And, and and guys, just check that article out next week because it's going to be one of those uh, should kind of clear the air about why 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 what John Cena went through just completely enhanced. WWE's business going forward, you know, like yeah. it goes beyond the technical, it goes beyond the 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 the, the, the Rey Mysterio, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc kind of matches. They, you know, they, they they don't have to be like that to kind of make a point and make a point that lasts. Yeah, definitely, and also uh, with also with with regards to what Jr. said, do you, do you agree that uh, he he says that Lesnar is physically the most impressive athlete that they've ever signed? Do you do you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely freak of nature. Like I, I, I watched. I was watching Lesnar. I watched his first match live, his first interaction on WWE television. I've been watching him ever since. I've seen things that he's done in his prime that he did to the Undertaker in Hell in a Cell, that he did to the Big Show, like the matches he had against Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. This guy is incredible, an incredible athlete, and just can uh-huh. just do amazing things. Like he had some of the best matches the Big Show's ever ever had in, in his life. And like, yeah. that is a testament to to the wrestler that uh, Brock Lesnar is. This part-time bullshit. This is not. This is not 1980 anymore. This is not like 1985, where the champion, where the championship meant meant the world to to, to the company. We're, we're so beyond that now. Like, the, the company can survive without it being, uh, without the championship being there every single step of the way. And uh, again, like it's, it maintains the allure of the champion coming back to defend it here and there. Why not take this time to, to emphasize um, uh, how important it is to be the number one contender for the championship? Why don't we emphasize yeah, that with, with the champion I'm, not being there? You 
Yeah, and also why not take at at this point also take the time to build some kind of some kind of uh, queue in terms of challenges, build up build up yes. contenders, and uh, this is this is the ideal opportunity for for new talent and new stars to to come through and push up almost just underneath Lesnar because he's going to need he's going to need new opponents. You're going to you know you can't have Lesnar and Cena go at it for seven straight pay per views. So he's going to need this. WWE will now need that they use this time to to build to build new new angles and new you know new stars and and help them help to elevate them up the card. So the time away and the the uh, I guess the spotlight coming off of the title will be replaced by a spotlight going onto the wrestlers, which is which is essentially where it's supposed to be. So I, I think it's positive all around. Absolutely, and like yeah, we're gonna have like fans disagree with what Jr. and Mick Foley and Steve Austin and how they they somewhat agree with what we're saying. So I don't know. Maybe fans should kind of just question where they, some of the fans should just question where they're coming from in regards to their com- complaints and the with uh, Brock Lesnar being world champion. Okay, very oh, quickly, yeah. we're going to be very, very quickly, because we've only got 10 minutes left of the stream left, so we want to just try and fit this in very, very quickly. Um, the weekly visits to the vault, the match that everyone should check out if they've got the time, is uh, Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit for the WWE Championship uh, from Royal Rumble 2003. Now, I'm just going to very quickly go through this. Uh, easily one of Chris Benoit's shining uh, performances in his career. Um, uh, in a match where it looked like uh, Team Angle, who were who, just, who actually emerged uh, onto the main roster during this rivalry, uh, it looked like they were going to become an interference all the way through the match, but they were thrown out before the match even started. And what we got was 30 minutes of two world-class athletes tearing it up and just putting everything on the line. Um, uh, when Chris Benoit, like, this this match was my favorite match growing up as a, uh, as a kid up until when I started watching, you know, NWA and WCW from, like, the 80s and 90s. Uh, that was my match for a long, long, uh, my favorite match for a long time, but... This is the Chris Benoit that I choose to remember. I don't know, but I don't know about you, Oliver, but like, there's these these kind of matches. Like, you sit back and you're like, yeah, like this this is how I choose to remember someone who left this world pretty 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 damn badly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he left uh, obviously disgraced himself, unfortunately, because the work that he'd put in prior to his death for years had been so good, and he was so so you know highly respected amongst everyone in wrestling but it's you know a huge shame but uh th- that match for me was definitely match of the year i mean i think we can both agree that match was match of the year 2003 at the same time though you did have you did have jericho and michaels from wrestlemania 17 though sorry 19 no i think i think it angle benoit to me was match of the year for that for that year yeah. but uh, so many, so many good spots. So much, uh, so many. Uh, obviously, they both, they both, they both wrestle in a similar way. They both wrestled in a similar way. Uh, techni- technically, they were, you know, superb, and they could go for, for, you know, almost hours on end and wouldn't get tired. Uh, suplexes, yeah. uh, submission maneuvers. Their arsenal were very, very similar. And obviously, you have they're both very athletic, and so they can both pull out a moonsault or a, or a diving headbutt, like you see in the match. So they're very much, uh, you know, they have a ba- they have a bag and they have a lot of tricks in their bag. So um, yeah. the match the match is really really good. And uh, for me, what what makes the match is uh, come the end of the match when uh, Kangol leaves leaves the arena. Uh, you have obviously you have a standing you have a standing ovation at the end of every match to some degree, but you have an entire arena 
up and, and yeah. applauding Benoit for his efforts, and it's an and Benoit was crying. He was crying when he was getting a Very powerful, yeah. So I always remember Benoit for that. Uh, obviously, it's hard when you think of Benoit. You you know, very different things come to your mind. Uh, but that match for me was one of his highlights in, in wrestling in general. So uh, I definitely recommend everyone listening to check that out. Shawn Michaels said a long time ago that uh, submission wrestling is is such an amazing art form that he wished he, he used a bit, a bit more when he was coming up because it adds this, this, this layer of drama that you can't really uh, get anywhere else. And uh, you've got Kurt Angle's Enkelock versus um, Chris Benoit's Cripple Crossface. And like the drama and the emotion and seeing Benoit screaming in pain and, and then reversing the hold and getting to another hold and like the the finish was beautiful to me because you had Angle try for that ankle lock over and over and over again and Benoit just didn't quit, just didn't quit, you know, and made people believe for that for that thirty minutes that Benoit could actually debunk the the plans that WWE had at the time and that was Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania and that Chris Benoit was going to go to WrestleMania as champion, yeah. and it was because of the, because of the ankle lock, because of the because finally the one moment we just know that Benoit was screwed. He gets that ankle lock, uh, gets that ankle lock on Benoit, and then he grapevines the leg, and then that's it. You know, like it's just like oh, a fantastic match for anyone that has loves pro wrestling, loves technical pro wrestling. You know, and also coach. you notice when you watch the match, the the amazing uh, chemistry they had. Uh, just together, oh, yeah. they mesh so well together. Even as a team, you know their feud from you know deriving yes. from uh, autumn 2002 lasted quite a few months, and that that was really the culmination of the feud, I think. And uh, really, course. the chemistry they had together and against each other was, was something we, we hadn't really seen too much of until that point. So I really, really think that that match was uh, one of the best matches I've ever seen. So I agree. I really, I really do see. You know, when you say that was your favourite match for for so many years, I, I I completely see that because everything, every piece that that match needed was fit together perfectly, and uh, it just, yeah. it was just like watching magic, really. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Well, that's all we have time for tonight, everybody. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening, wherever you may be out there in Wrestling Radio Land, and thanks Oliver for coming on the show. We do. No Really, really do hope that you enjoy yourself, and then we should definitely have you back on the road, uh, down down the road somewhere. Do you have anything to plug at all, like Twitter or Facebook or anything like uh, that? Yeah, sure. So you, if anybody's listening, you can go to uh, over to Twitter and follow me at Oliver N O R G R O V E. And as always, visit uh, Pro Wrestling Powerhouse, the Facebook page and the site. We have a lot of great, great stuff going up there. So yeah, I'm looking forward yep. to uh, the future. And thanks for for having me on, Joel. Yeah. Anytime, man. Any, anytime. Uh, uh, along with uh, Oliver's work, we've got a lot of new writers that have come on board in the last week. I've been yeah, very quiet yeah. with my rest, yeah with my wrestling weekly rope break post this week, but I've got a lot of uh, new content upcoming for for you all, you guys. And uh, do check, go head over to prowrestlingpowerhouse.com for all uh, your editorial uh, uh, article needs. And if you want to reach me, by all means, follow me uh, at, uh, at Twitter at uh, Wrestling R Break, capital R capital uh, W capital B and tell me what you think of the show because I thrive off all your feedback good or bad send me a message and tell me what you think of the show so once again thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next Wrestling's Week That Was it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.